Welcome to the Garden Culture Podcast, hosted by me, Bailey Van Tassel. I'm a self-taught gardener, busy wife and mother, and small business owner, constantly seeking to bring the outdoors and the peace that I find there inside my own four walls. This podcast is a place where we let the garden inspire our lives, drawing us into the rhythms of nature and our seasons. Here we will walk through just what is happening in the garden and fields month by month, how we are tending to our own spaces, as well as get to know incredible people who infuse their own lives with the magic of the garden. For more information on any techniques, recipes, or ideas mentioned here, please visit us at www.baileyvantassel.com slash podcast. Welcome to September and welcome to autumn. I am deeply thrilled to be technically in the season of fall. She is my cup of warm tea, my camp put a down book, my soulmate of seasons. Caveat that our fall is actually quite warm through November. However, September 1st is like New Year's Day for many gardeners because of starting the fall garden and planning for spring as the fall garden will give way to starting seeds in January, February for an early jump on planting in March. Um, But before I get out of myself, I want to just talk about beautiful, crisp September. September is the first sight of autumn. Leaves are golden, moving into bronze and reds. Apple picking season has arrived, and with it, we've gathered some hustle and bustle from school's return and the last of the long weekends until the holidays. A crisp crunch beneath our feet is September's soundtrack, with a warm golden glow being her aura. Dining al fresco is most attainable in September, with plaid blankets strewn over chair backs and hand pies being passed around for dessert. The sun fades behind the hills sooner, making us yawn and giving glittering eyes a respite from summer's long evenings. In the garden, we're sowing winter seeds. Brassicas like broccoli, cauliflower, and cabbage are going in. Kale is loving to get started right now, as are fava beans and Asian greens. Carrots and peas are going into mini gardens. Direct sown is the best method for those too. Carrots need constant moisture for germination, so... A trick that I'm using this year is covering my seeds with burlap and keeping that watered well until I see sprouts, upon which I remove the burlap and continue on with the carrot growing. For southern gardeners, onions and potatoes can be started, transplanted, or direct sown, as these are year-round crops for us. Herb gardens are happy in September, enjoying that mix of warm and cool. We prepare our Christmas fillets by adding tarragon to the garden now. We complement roasts and soups with our adding of thyme and oregano. Rosemary shines her light this month, fantastic roasted into a seasoning salt, added as a garnish to toasts, mushroom ragouts, and really slow cooked anything. Now is a great time to buy your bulbs that will be planted either later this month or in October, prepping for a bright spring. There's nothing I regret more in spring than bulbs that went unplanted, I always wish I had put more in the ground. I also love to gift planted bulbs in gorgeous pots for holiday gifts. So begin thinking about that as an idea and stock up before anyone sells out. In my own garden, like many of you, I'm amending my beds right now, turning them over for fall. And I found an approach that I like, which is quite common. I simply cut back all my plants to just below the soil. This is a no-till based method, I should add. Um, So I really don't like pulling out the root systems. Keeping the roots intact is a way of keeping all of the micronutrients and microorganisms in that ecosystem together, which is so healthy for the soil. And it really won't 
and shouldn't impede on the future plants that you grow being successful. Just, it will all begin to sort of compost in together. So I cut all my plants back to just below the soil and then work in a little organic slow release fertilizer. I do this because I have raised beds, which get depleted of nutrients um, each season, as opposed to when you plant in ground and you just have that incredible soil web. So I'll, I honestly would prefer to skip fertilizer, but just can't with the raised beds. I add then a thin layer of worm castings. I kind of scatter them all over the top and just kind of zhuzhy smush them into the top layer really gently. And then I top off the beds with three inches of compost, gently forking that in just a touch when I spread it around as well. Then I'm ready to plant. However, I do like to let these beds sit for a couple days. Um, and after I've planted, I will add more compost or mulch if it's for seedlings that have matured enough to handle the mulch. If you're going to direct sow seeds, do not mulch until they've fully sprouted and you know, surpass just having their code lead-ins and a couple sets of true leaves. So a celebration that is a bit lost here in the States is that of the equinox. This year's autumn equinox lands on September 22nd here in the Northern Hemisphere, marking the midpoint between summer and winter. Harvest celebrations are common around the world, as are many other traditions circling around the balance of light and dark, masculine and feminine. One way to simply acknowledge this change is to create a gratitude list for the season behind us, summer, and all that it gave us, as well as to release any of the hardship. So get out a journal, hop in the bath, take a couple minutes to meditate, however you want to do it. Looking ahead into a time of shorter days and longer nights is a way to prepare yourself for growth. The seed in the garden, the seed's most dramatic change is during its time of darkness, buried in the soil, much like our winter. So committing yourself to going inward and doing the work, embracing any, any of that tough stuff so that when spring comes, you're also ready to bloom. For those with little ones, the beginning of the busyness is now. Back to school, then Halloween, into the big holidays we go, and next thing you know, it's 2023. So now is a great time to set a fresh routine for the garden, choosing dusk or dawn to water, and perhaps inviting the kids in to freshen up the space. I love giving my children projects like making new plant tags, painting rocks, sweeping stepping stones, or releasing earthworms. Anything really to disguise a chore and make it an adventure. <laughs> Anything to slow the pace and get us like lost in our own minds outdoors is my goal. When it comes to adventuring, September gives us much abundance to celebrate. We're gathering goldenrod for big sweeping arrangements. Leaves in autumn have beautiful shades to make ombre garlands for the mantle. And pumpkins have their heyday in October. So September is for birch, maple, and sweet gum trees to really show off and dazzle us. Bringing some branches inside is always a good idea. And I know myself, I'm like a child when we're out on walks. I can't help but pick up like the perfect little red and purple leaves. It's just a fun way to celebrate. So early autumn is the ideal time to forage, giving us a ton of abundance just naturally occurring in nature. However, I want to make sure you leave much more than you even begin to take. I've learned so much about foraging from incredible people like Robin Wall Kimmerer, who talk about how 
You never take the first plant that you see and you always make sure that you're only taking like a third of what's present, making sure everything's healthy and abundant, and then giving something in return, some sort of reciprocity, whether you sing a song to the plants or just say thank you or sprinkle a little bit of tobacco, always make sure you are foraging respectfully. The wildlife also needs these forageable goods, as does the future of our wild places and their ecosystem. So keep that in mind. As for some forage finds to look out for, I've got a little list for you. Quickly though, I want to take a break and talk to you about the Kitchen Garden Society. It's a monthly subscription that helps you garden year round in your hardiness zone. Each month, there are to-do lists that have what you should be harvesting, transplanting, sowing, tending to, and tasking to. We have experts chiming in each month. We have recipes that are seasonal, produce lists that are seasonal, and a ton of extra bonuses that really just help you live a garden-inspired life. For more information, check out thekitchengardensociety.com. Back to foraging. So some fun things to look out for are crab apples. They're a great find in September, perfect for jellies and butters. Persimmons grow wild, giving us inspiration for cakes, cookies, breads. Be sure to eat them when very soft and ripe for sweetness. Elderberries are charming us, boosting our immune systems. They have pretty little blue black beads that make fantastic tinctures and syrups. Be sure to cook these to avoid any upset stomach or sickness. Elderberries and elderberry branches can be a little bit toxic, so just be careful when you're prepping them. Rose hips make an appearance this time of year. They're packed with vitamin C and they make for great teas, syrups, salves, and lip balms. We also have hawthorn berries, sumac, and acorns coming up, as well as walnuts, dandelion roots. I'm really excited this year to make a roasted dandelion root coffee or chai, you roast the dandelion roux and then grind it like coffee. It's a non-caffeinated, super cozy drink that's very delicious and very good for you. Dandelions definitely classify as one of those incredible wild plants, not weeds that people in modern society have just tried to eradicate Mm -hmm. and shouldn't. (laughs) Um, Though not wild, and as I mentioned before, it is apple picking season. I've tracked many years into sweltering heat waves to catch the beginning of apple picking season in Southern California, because like I said, the apples are ready to rock, but it's hot still. Um, But in other parts of the country, it's total heaven. Nothing compares to the crisp, fresh smell of an apple orchard. In my hometown, Sebastopol, California, there was an annual Gravenstein Apple Festival that I grew up going to as a child. There were booths of apple growers that would come and let you taste their apples and cider with other booths with homemade soaps and pies and like trinkets. And it was the best. It was straight out of a Gilmore Girls episode. And I loved that tradition every year. I now keep Gravenstein apple scented candles on hand, um, which is very specific. They're so lovely. I will link to those in the show notes, but they are named and scented after dear friends of ours who owned and operated one of the last apple orchards in Northern California, Walker apples. So such a treat for fall. If you're lucky enough to indulge in getting handpicked apples at home and then get to delight in the rhythm of peeling and coring the apples you've won, stirring them over a warm stove, dashing in cinnamons, layering lattice pie crusts, then you are lucky enough. Nothing says fall like that freshness. 
So I hope you get a chance to bring the garden into your life this month and celebrate the turn of the seasons. September has so much to offer us, and I hope you find a way each and every day to celebrate September. Until next time, happy gardening. I hope this episode has been balm for the soul and inspiration for the heart. I would love if you left a review to let me know your thoughts, and I am so grateful that you found this space. For more information or any techniques, ideas mentioned here, visit us at baileyvantassel.com slash podcast.